Hey guys, welcome to Building Healthy Homes with Candy Warren. And today we are coming at you and I want to kind of cover the topic of finance um, and budgeting and all the things and kind of give you a little bit of our backstory. I always feel like I have to tell you our stories so you kind of know where I'm coming from. But um, hopefully today will be a lot shorter than my nutrition story. But um, I feel like finances are super duper important in building a healthy home because we um, as a couple, my husband and I, have gone through what I call the ringer. That being said, I know that there are people who have definitely had things worse than us. Um, and so I don't discredit if you've had a story that you've had issues with finances. Um, all I can do is tell you um, where we were, what we walked through, and how we got out of that, and really where we're still walking through some days. So <clears throat> I'm going to start back to when I was um, in high school, right? Um, and I won't spend a ton of time there, I promise, like I said. So I got my first credit card in high school. I was a senior in high school. I turned 18 when I was a senior. And that was my very first time to get a credit card. It was an MBNA. Um, it had an Aggie symbol on it, like the Texas A&M. It was maroon, and I was super excited about it. I don't even know how much the credit line was, you guys. It was probably $1,000, maybe $3,000. I have no idea. I did have a job um, my senior year of high school working at a gymnastics place, Um but I remember to this day, um, I lived in uh, in the Austin area in Texas and went to the mall and bought a pair of Oakley sunglasses. It was the very first thing I put on that credit card. And those bad boys were $160. And to this day, they're probably the ugliest ones. They were golden colored. Like, I don't even know why I bought them, y'all. But it was 1999 and that was cool, <clears throat> apparently. I don't know. But I do remember that being one of the first purchases that I made. Um, and honestly, it just began a spiral um, of kind of excitement. I don't know. Maybe if you've put something on a credit card before, um, I mean, it's kind of exhilarating, isn't it? Um, and it's almost like you're doing something wrong. Um, but it felt good to do something wrong. And that's really what debt is. Like debt was not really intended to be a good thing. Um, while, you know, that's just kind of, of what happened. So that just kind of became my way of living in college. My parents were essentially still paying my bills. Um, so anything that was a need, they supplied. Um, and all of my wants, I was responsible for. So I got a credit card. I was spending more than I was making. I went off to college, kind of did the same thing. And by the time I was out of college, my husband and I got married in March of 2005. I graduated um, eight months pregnant um, <clears throat> in the summer of 2005, had my first daughter in November of 2005. And honestly, by that time, between my husband and myself, 
um, we were, we were in quite a bit of debt. I would say upper 30, maybe $40,000 in credit card debt. He, um, did not have a full, well, it was a full-time job. He scooped poop, dog poop, um, in the Dallas area. We had moved to Dallas <clears throat> when I was pregnant because that's where my internship was. Um, and I worked at Lowe's. I was a cabinet, uh, cabinet person, whatever, design cabinets. My degree is in interior design. So that's what I went to do. And then I graduated and I stayed with Lowe's um, in the North Dallas area. We shared an apartment with my sister, one of my sisters. And shortly after Liberty was born, we realized really quick that we were not going to be able to afford daycare. <laughs> we were not going to be able to do much of anything. I had bought a brand new vehicle. Um, of course that was being, you know, I had a, a loan on that, um, brand new $30,000 vehicle. I had a $30,000 paying job. My husband wasn't making a whole lot, right? It just one and one does not equal two in this scenario. Um, and so we just were, we were in trouble, um, ended up that my parents allowed us to move back into their home with our brand new baby a few months after she was born. So in 2006, we found ourselves back in the Austin area living with my parents so that we didn't have to pay rent or anything. The only thing we had to pay for at that time is we helped with groceries. We, of course, supplied everything we needed to for our child. But the rest of our income um, was ours to try to get out of debt. Uh, the debt collectors were calling because at that point we hadn't paid a bill and I don't even know how long uh, because everything was going to the hospital bill. Everything was going to what we could pay. And it was like an incredibly dark time, incredibly dark time. I would cry, um, not sure where the next payment was going to come from, but we were robbing Peter to pay Paul is what my mom always said. There were balance transfers going through. I would move stuff from one credit card to the other and then pay one off and then move it over to another that had less interest, all the things. Um, and then at the time, I don't even remember what year it was. It was probably maybe 2000, maybe the end of 2006, maybe early 2007. Uh, my parents, we were went to our church that I grew up in. And they were introduced to a program called Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. And so if you know anything about finances, um, Dave Ramsey is a huge name. If you don't, then I 100 percent, 100 percent would suggest anybody who's having any type of financial issues to go through Financial Peace University. I don't even know how much it costs anymore, but it's worth it. Um, and I'm not going to talk specifically today about all of what he teaches during that course because it's like an eight or nine week course and it definitely takes a while. But I remember sitting in that class. Uh, my parents paid for us to go through it uh, alongside of them. I still have the textbook today from that class. And we learned a lot about more or less how to handle the creditors. That's what we were mostly focused on at that time. So we got ourselves an emergency fund and we started trying to do all the things to take care of the debt collectors ourselves. It was incredibly stressful, but we managed to use the, the tools and all of the things 
um, at the time that we were learning in that class. And from that moment, we had created a budget. We sat down and we created our budget. I created an allocated spending plan on an Excel spreadsheet because I am the nerd. My husband is the free spirit. And if you've gone through the program, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I created that allocated spending. And uh, to this day, I use the same thing. It's just now on Google Sheets instead of Excel spreadsheets. But essentially, it's the same, right? So all of that to say is in 2006 or seven, when we took that class, we finally were able to buy a house, get out of debt for the most part. We were still a little bit in debt. Buy a house. We closed on that in 2008. Um, so we we paid off about twenty five to thirty thousand dollars and got some of that. You know, we negotiated down and things like that. Paid less than what we actually did, but worked with the creditors. We were able to put money down, buy a house, and then we were both let go from our jobs. And that was a huge, huge blow. That was in 2008. Um, it led me to leaving the design industry. Um, my husband was working for Coca-Cola, I believe, at the time. Well, when we had moved, he, he got a job at Coca-Cola and then switched over and was working. We were both working for the same home builder in 2008. Well, that was kind of recession time. And so in 2008, we both lost our jobs on the same exact day because we worked for the same exact company, just in two different departments. Um, so I went back to get my teaching certification and I was able to find a job in the North Dallas area. So we moved up here, the house that we had just closed on in August became a rental property for a year to some college students. And, um, then when it was on the market for sale a year later, after they moved out, we were broken into all of the appliances were stolen. Like talk about Murphy moving in. Um, we were getting foreclosure notices because we weren't able. Um, I was the only one working. Dana was at home with Liberty and Haley and um, because we couldn't do it. I mean, he, he did deliver pizzas for Domino's for a few years in there, but it was not a full-time income. So we had one full-time and one very part-time income paying for rent and all the bills in the North Dallas area, as well as trying to keep up with the house, not having any income because the renters had moved out, put it up for sale, got broken into, like it was just the, it, it was the pits. Um, we were lucky enough to be able to find a realtor that was absolutely amazing, got us through a short sale instead of having to go through foreclosure and got what we needed to get out of that rat trap. So a couple of things I have for you through that process is don't ever, and I don't even think you could get approved for it now. We're talking, this was way back before all sorts of um, financial issues, but, um, and housing mortgage, but do not buy a house with zero down. Um, earnest money is not enough money just to buy a house. So don't do that. Um, that's my PSA for that. Um, but 
we ended up crawling ourselves out of the bucket, right? We found a less expensive home um, to live in here in the North Dallas area after our lease, our first year lease was up. I chose to leave teaching at that time because it was really stressful having two young ones. And I went into the corporate world, I made more money. Um, Dana was still working um, and taking care of the girls during the day and then working in the evenings. And it was just really stressful, but we were making things work, right? Um, we weren't having two things, but that entire time, we were still doing the best we could to keep up with the, the baby steps from Dave Ramsey. So let me talk about what those are. Baby step number one is to have what he calls an emergency uh, emergency fund, right? What he calls a baby emergency fund, really. So really having $1,000 in the bank in case there's any type of emergency that comes up. You blow your tires, you whatever. If anything comes up and you haven't had money saved and you're in debt, right? Truly, you don't have money. Usually, people would use a credit card or something as an emergency. That's not what this is, right? Getting the next thing best, greatest iPhone is not an emergency, right? So these are for true emergencies. Um, and so he wants you to have $1,000 in the bank. And we had done that. We were working on baby step two, which was getting rid of all of our debts. So we had gotten some of them taken care of. But again, we still only had one full-time income. My in-laws were helping kind of provide some finances from my husband not having a full-time job. And so all of those things were racking up. Um, and we had had a, you know, payment agreement with them, everything. And it put a lot of stress on our marriage, a lot of stress on our marriage. Um, but we were making it, like I had said. So we were in doing baby step two. Then baby step three is actually coming up with three to six months of living expenses. So you don't move on to baby step three until you are fully out of debt with everything except for a mortgage in your home. That comes a little bit later, but you've paid off if you have cars, if you have credit cards, if you have loans, if you have medical bills, whatever they are, any type of debt other than your home, you're paying off in that baby step two. So then by the time you get to baby step three, that $1,000 emergency fund becomes an emergency fund that will allow you to live off of for three to six months in case something happened like, oh, I don't know, COVID happened a couple years ago, people were losing their jobs, right? So you could at least live three to six months, hopefully six, right? Um, without needing to find another job if you weren't able to get one or, you know, the country shuts down. <laughs> So, you know, so many people were unprepared for that. Luckily, that didn't happen to us. But there were things that did happen during that time. But we didn't lose our jobs, thankfully. Um, and, I'm, and we're so blessed on that. But baby step three, having three to six months of expenses. Then you go into baby step four, five, six, and seven. Baby step four is investing 15% of your household into retirement. Baby step five is starting to save for your child's college fund if you have a child. Baby step six is paying off your mortgage early. And then baby step seven is building wealth and then giving. It's kind of put together. 
So I'm going to focus a lot today on baby step one, getting that $1,000 in the bank. If you happen to be listening and you are a single person who doesn't make a ton of money, there is a caveat to that. Getting like $500 is where you would want to start. Um, but if you could get to 1000 and you want to get there as fast as you can, look around your house, look around your apartment, wherever you're living, what can you sell? What can you get rid of? What do you, what bills can you stop paying like cable and things like that, that just aren't necessary right now um, to get that thousand dollars in the bank? Yes. And then you can start working on paying off those debts, right? So he has a way that we want to do that using the debt snowball. And so that's where I'm going to spend a lot of our time talking about today specifically, um, because I feel like that's where most people live in that debt cycle. And my husband and I are currently kind of back into that. We do have a couple, like one or two credit cards, not very high balances, thankfully, because we're trying to rebuild our credit. Because after we had our third child in 2012, things didn't go well. Um, yes, we had been working, you know, with two kids and we were still on one income and I got pregnant with the third. Um, and we had we had planned to have three kids. We wanted the third kid when we wanted and we chose to do it when we did because we didn't want a whole lot of time spanning between our kids. Um, and it had already been almost five years since we had had Haley. So we got pregnant with Joshua. Things were actually really great. Um, Dana had gotten a full time job like things were good. Um, and so it was never a, a real issue. Um but then he needed to leave his job because he was working overnights when I had Joshua. So in order to not have to pay daycare, both girls were in school during the day. So that wasn't an issue. But the problem was, is we had a newborn. I had to go back to work after eight weeks. Um, so he would work all night long and be up, you know, be home around 4 a.m., Joshua would wake around 6 or 7 a.m. I had to leave to go to work, get the girls to school. And Dana, who had been up all night working, who needed to go back to work the next night, was in charge of an infant. And it literally just didn't work for our family. And so we just prayed about it and chose that, you know, he needed to come back home. Just like we were doing, he went back to delivering pizzas. But that wasn't getting our debt snowball down. It wasn't making ends meet. It was just really, really tight. The girls wanted to do gymnastics and things of that nature. And it was hard to tell them no all the time. Um, but, you know, we did what we had to do at the time. So Dana left. And unfortunately, we did at the time go through another Dave Ramsey class up uh, with the ch new church we had been going to. And despite the fact that Dave Ramsey says, do not file bankruptcy, like we were just at our wits end and we chose to file bankruptcy and went through that process in early 2013. My parents paid the thousand, twelve hundred dollars, whatever it was to the lawyers um, to help us out to pay for that. Um, and from that point forward, things got better financially for us. We 
knew how, because we could make, we could make our lives work. We just were paying so much in credit card interest. We were paying almost two to $3,000 a month just on credit card bills. And, or, and that was minimum payments because of how much we had gotten behind, right? And so it was just, it was crazy. And we made that ultimate decision going against everything that I wanted to do. Um, and it was gut-wrenching and it was hard and it was painful for our marriage for a few months. But once we got through that process that we're still dealing with today, because it's still sitting on our credit report today, um, because that was 2013, it won't drop off of our credit report completely until April of 2023. And we're sitting in October of 2022. Now, luckily, um, things start looking better on your credit within seven years, but it still sits there, right, as a negative thing. And it's a big negative. Um, but in that time, after the seven years, luckily, we were able to start looking at buying a house. We finally were able to buy a house this past year and moved in. Um, you know, we were completely debt free throughout the last nine and a half years almost. Um, we did get a credit card after seven years to try to work on our credit to build it up in order to buy the house. But we were making our monthly payments, you know, paying it in full. Um, and all the things and working through the debt snowball at the same time, if we had kind of a crazy month or something, but we were getting through that process and finally, you know, bought the house. So really right now we do have some credit card debt because we have purchased some things for the house since we moved in. Um, we, you know, have, a a card with a furniture company, you know, that's at 0% and you got to pay it within two years, you know, or they're going to charge you the back interest. So we're working on those things still to this day with that debt snowball, knowing that we kind of made those big purchases, but it, now we're on the side of it of it's not a stress for us to be working through that debt snowball. Now, do I want to be in debt? Absolutely not. Our marriage was better when we were not. All the things were better when we were not. We were able to put more into savings and all of those things when we didn't have those bills. So the debt snowball is set up in a way where you start paying your debts off, not based on interest rate, which is what most financial advisors would probably tell you to do is to pay the higher interest off first because of course that's charging you more in the in the in the long run. However, when it comes to debt, remember I had said when you ring up that purchase, it's kind of exhilarating, it's kind of fun. Well, so is paying off that debt. And it's even more so, more exciting because if you haven't been in debt before, um it's like I said it's even more exhilarating to get it paid off. So you want to sit down with a piece of paper. You need to create your budget. I do have a budget form, like I said, that I use um, that kind of came, it's a little bit altered from what Dave Ramsey uses, but you sit down and you create a budget. We look at it every month and it's called the zero dollar budget, which means every dollar has a name. So you put everything you have of income. So I put my income and my husband's income. I know what we get net, what we bring home every month. 
And then I can basically allocate, okay, this is how much our mortgage is. This is how much our insurance is. This is how much the car payment is. This is how much electricity is. All of those things, right, are in our budget. And then we have another category that we call our blow money or our personal spending that's in there. And then I have another line item in there specifically for cushion. That's what I call it, right? I could put it in the savings account, but I call it cushion because I need that money at the very end of that month to have a zero. And the reason is I want to make sure that I can afford every single month based on what my husband and I bring home. I don't want to have to carry over any money from one month to the next, because if I have to do that, it means there is a hiccup. There's going to be a hiccup somewhere. So I want to make sure that my pay can pay the bills that are required for our household. If my income is too low, if I end up with a negative number down there and I'm spending more than I'm earning, I've got to figure out doing a side business or cutting some things back, whatever I have to do in order to get that number to equal zero. Included in that budget is your debt snowball. So this is where you go and you look at whatever debts you have. So it's, it's hard to not show you um, when I'm just talking through it, but let's just say I have two debts, right? I have the car or the van, and then I have um, the couch that we purchased from Rooms to Go. So the Rooms to Go balance is lower than my van, even though um, I'm not caring about interest rates, right? So let's just say for numbers to keep them even, that my pay, my balance on the Rooms to Go card is $2,000. And then on the van, I think I looked it up today, I owe $8,000 left on my van. So I'm going to pay the Rooms to Go first, and then I'm going to worry about my van. So I'm going to always still make the minimum payment on my van payment. But my minimum payment for my Rooms to Go card is $105. So anything extra, in other words, instead of having cushion right now because I'm in debt, that money goes towards the Rooms to Go. So let's say I had $100 that I was going to put in cushion. Instead of it being there because I, I need to get out of debt, I'm going to add that to the $105. So now I'm paying $205 a month to the rooms to go card so that I can pay it off sooner. And because it's basically double, I'm going to pay it off two times quicker than I will if I just pay the minimum payment. Now, if I also had interest, then that would be, you know, snowballing as well. Let's say too, the, the thing about the exhilarating part of it is, let's just say I do have an, a different credit card and it has $200 on it. The whole point of putting your debts in order of lowest amount due to the largest is because the quicker you can pay those off, you can use whatever the minimum payment amount is and it snowballs to the amount that you can add to your extra and the minimum payment of the next debt below it in order to get it larger and larger, like a snowball rolling down a hill, the more money you can put towards paying off that balance, the better. But you'll see satisfaction quicker by paying off the lower balances first. So if I'm able to pay off that $200 in two months time, I get excited. Then I have that extra money to put towards. And let's say that monthly 
minimum on that card was $50. Well, now I have $250 to pay towards it, right? So I'm snowballing my minimum payments each month in with that larger. So by the time I'm ready to pay off my rooms to go card, if I go to the, the scenario where I had the credit card I paid off, it, I had $100 for that. Let's say my minimum payment for the couch was $100, right? So I was paying $200 now or $205 a month for the couch. Now that $205 gets added to my car payment of $350. So now I'm paying $550 a month for my vehicle. My budget hasn't changed. Now, if I have more money to put towards my debt, then I can always increase that amount. But my budget hasn't changed because I've been paying the minimum payments and those were my extra. So my budget doesn't need, I don't need to freak out about not having extra money somewhere because I've already created my zero balance budget with that extra money going towards my debt snowball. I can always throw more money at my debt snowball, but I don't want to make it go lower. And I'm not paying any more or any less. I was just splitting that up into the different debts. But now once I get to my last debt, I now have the 500 something dollars to put towards the car. So instead of me taking four or five years, whatever your note is, to pay towards that vehicle, you can get it paid off even quicker. In essence, less interest as well. So the debt snowball helps you take all of your minimum payments plus whatever extra, and you basically create a snowball effect paying the, the lowest amount first to the largest amount so that you can move that snowball and get it done quicker. So if you have any questions, I will actually be doing a class on this next week online on Facebook. The information will be in the show notes so that you can come and join me for that finance debt. Um, class. And soon, by the end of this month, I will be having a financial fitness workbook that you can purchase and more information will be coming out about that. So keep your eyes open. And as always, I would love for us to finish our time together in prayer. And so I would like to do that with you now. Dear Lord, I come to you today and I again thank you so much for the people who are listening along with me today. I want to ask you specifically to bless these people with learning how to understand what their finances are, set a budget if they haven't done one already, help them work through any financial troubles, any issues that they're having, and know that they can come to me, they can go to other resources, they can get some help with their finances from any one of the Dave Ramsey helpers, from anyone if they are feeling stuck. Because Lord, you know that I have felt stuck with my finances before. You know that my family went through some crazy times and you were the one thing that we could always count on getting us through that time. So Thank you so much for being a part of our lives and carrying Dana and I through all of that turmoil to get to where we are today and allowing me to be able to help other people walk through 
any of those issues that they're dealing with because you allowed us to use that opportunity for me to be able to turn that into a teaching moment to help other people. And so, Lord, I just ask that you bless these people who are listening, bless those around them that may not understand what they are going through financially and just cover them and give them peace and remind them, Lord, that you are there and that I am there to help. And we all want to see them succeed. And it's okay to be stuck, but don't stay stuck. And we ask that they get the confidence built enough to reach out for help, Lord, if they need it. We thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.